Hey, I am Jess, and I'm obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our bodies to be resilient and so much more than superficially beautiful. I am now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, my friends, and you. On this show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio copy to encourage your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Hey friend, I'm so glad you are here today. Today's topic is one that is super close to my heart. We are talking about how to raise empowered eaters. And if you are a current mama, I know this topic is going to be helpful to you. If you're not a mama, maybe you have nieces or nephews, or maybe you are a teacher. Maybe you're in a leadership role. In one capacity or another, we all have interactions with the next generation. So whether you check that mama box or not, I know today's episode is going to be chock full of information that is helpful to you. And it's something that I think is super important. If there's anything that the previous generations have taught us, it's this. If we don't deal with our food stuff, that's what I'm going to call it, our food stuff, if we're not aware of it, if we don't know how to handle it, we actually pass it on to the next generation. And one of the things that I'm noticing, this is my opinion, is that my parents' generation, they grew up in a very like fat phobic, um, lack of body diversity, diet culture environment. So there was a lot of pressure to be thin. That was pushed like in the 90s, right? And I see a lot of my friends, we grew up in that era, our parents did the absolute best they could, but they grew up with that in the back of their head. So a lot of that was passed on maybe without without knowing it to us. Now what's happening is the pendulum has swung and there is this push for food freedom and eating whatever you want. And you know, let me be very clear, there is a time and a place for challenging the food rules and putting down like the diet culture mentality, I am 100% on board with that. I also 100% believe that we need to celebrate body diversity. There is no singular definition of beautiful. And I want to make very, very clear, I want to make sure the next generation is aware of that. And at the same time, sometimes the, the focus on health can get lost in that conversation. And that's one of the things I'm seeing with my generation of parents is that we don't know what to do with our kids. We don't want to impose like diet culture mentality on our kids. We're growing up in the intuitive eating era, which is wonderful. And at the same time, if you're like me, you're noticing my kids eating a lot of Takis and sugar. And not that that's such a bad thing, but if that outweighs the fruits and veggies and some of the proteins that he's eating, I could be looking at some health issues for him later on. So I'm really glad you're here today. This is a great topic, one, a conversation I'm really excited to have. This was actually prompted by a listener who shared with me that she has a young daughter and she wants to protect her from the diet culture mentality, from the one body size fits all lie. Like she, that is so important to her. And at the same time, her daughter eats a lot and craves a lot of sugar and sweets, and she doesn't know how to handle that. So I just want to say to that listener and anyone out there who notices their kids or nieces, nephews, students, maybe handling food in that manner, I want you to know you're not alone. I have two boys. One of them 
sugar fanatic. I mean, he would, (laughs) he literally tells me he has a sugar side to his body that is never full. So he could go all day long drinking Coke, eating Takis, eating candy. And, you know, his biofeedback would tell him he doesn't feel good, but he would keep doing it. I have another kid who's a little bit more in tuned with his body and has some more self-regulation skills, but seeing the difference in them has been really helpful. So I'm going to talk today about where I went wrong, what I have done to correct that, and what I'm doing now, and most importantly, what I've found in the research. Because if I'm being totally honest, when I was creating patterns in my parenting style based on how I felt and my own experience, honestly, that's where I went wrong. And I was really grateful that I had some of the research available to me, some resources, which I'm going to dive into to help correct that. And so I'm really excited to talk about this with you guys today. I'm so glad you're here. It is a little bit off topic from our normal chats. Usually we're talking about you and what you can do to take care of yourself, but I just don't think I'd be doing this whole empowered eating topic justice if I didn't touch on the parenting or leadership role that I know each and every one of you fills in some capacity. All right, to kick this one off, let's talk about where I went wrong. I am an open book and happy to share it here, so I hope it helps you uh, along your journey. When I first became a mama, so my oldest is about to, he's turning 10 this year and my baby is turning eight. And when I became a mama, I was about uh, like nine years into my recovery, which Praises, hallelujah, was wonderful. I was in a, I honestly had a really healthy relationship with food after I had my kids. I was deep into intuitive eating, very much so eating what felt good, what tasted good, not making myself eat things that I didn't want to eat. It was a really healing part of my journey. But as I started becoming a mom, feeding other children, one of the things I noticed is that if my kids didn't want it, I wouldn't encourage them to have it, I really let them kind of beat to their own drum. And, you know, some of this was my own stuff because I had an eating disorder. I wanted them to feel like they had autonomy over what they ate. And and let me back up. <laughs> I skipped the baby food section. I went through a whole season where we had baby food. And so that wasn't really this era. This was more when they were like two and three and starting to ask for foods, starting to be uh, picky, which all kids are to some degree. But one of the things that happened with my oldest is he went through some traumatic events. Poor kid. Uh, The first time we gave him formula, he actually broke out in an extreme rash. I mean, if you guys have seen, is it Hitch? Hitch? I think that's it. With Will Smith, where he's the dating guru guy. So in there, he drinks some or he eats something at on a date and has a crazy allergic reaction. That happened to my son. I mean, his ears swelled up. You could barely see the hole. His eyes and nose. It was very, very scary. So the first time he had formula, I was at work. He swelled up. My husband called me in a panic and we had to take him to the ER. So that happened. Um, And then when he was about three, he actually choked on a jack. This is like, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. (laughs) Right place, right time. My husband was right next to him. All of a sudden sees him choking and like making the motion, but it's quiet. Picks him up, gives him the baby Heimlich. It doesn't come out. He flips my son back over and shoves his hand down his throat and pulls out this jack. And it was like it was deep in there, but he got it out. I'm so grateful. My husband, he's a first responder. He's a police officer. And so he has this like instilled in his training that he doesn't freeze. I'm so, so grateful to God that he was there because God only knows what would have happened if it was me. I tend to freeze. Hopefully mama mode would have taken over. 
So anyways, he had these pretty traumatic events. And what the research shows us is that kids who experience like early food allergies or have choking experiences tend to have aversions to food. And as my son got older, this is my oldest, he developed some of these. He has really strong aversions to food um, and true anxiety around food. His food issues really struck me when we were on a camping trip one time. I told him, I said, hey, his name is Brew. And I was like, Brew, if you eat some of these beans, it was a, not beans, it was a, um, what was it called? Frito pie. <laughs> it's our go-to camping mixture. So we had made Frito pie and it had included foods that he knew. He knows ground beef. He knows beans. We had cornbread on the side, all foods he has had before, just not together. And so I said, Brew, if you try this, we'll buy you a Lego. Like I put a really big carrot in front of him for this one. And he sat there and almost had a full-blown anxiety attack. I mean, he was shaking and he goes, mama, my brain won't let me have this. And that's when I knew he was dealing with a different experience with food than than I had. And up until this point, I was really letting him eat what he wanted and guide the way. I hadn't challenged him to try new foods. And I didn't really realize it at the time. I mean, this is where I'm a little embarrassed to say it. Hopefully y'all don't judge me. But I I was a working mama. Even though diet, being a dietitian is my job, I'm still busy. And so to stay on top of what they're eating all the time can be really challenging. So at this point, I realized he had a huge imbalance in the kinds of foods he was eating. He was a very picky eater. And getting him to try new foods was not something that was going to come easy. Maybe it was the experiences he had as a kiddo that triggered some of these aversions to food, some of these fears. It's very possible. A lot of the research shows us that. Maybe it was my guidance that, or lack thereof, right, <laughs> that made it so he wasn't so open to trying new foods. But the bottom line was we were here on this camping trip and it was something that he just could not do. Now, this was a breaking point for me. I realized that I had let my kids eat intuitively based on their own ambitions and knowing what I know now and revisiting some of my original training and childhood feeding, this was not the best thing I could do. And if I'm being totally honest, I was projecting my stuff, right? I had a history of an eating disorder and I was so afraid of them thinking of foods as bad foods or being afraid of sugar that I was kind of letting them eat free flowing and this is not something that best serves kiddos. So when I looked at reevaluating, you know, I kind of went back to the drawing board. I was like, all right, how can I take the empowered eating model and mold it for my kiddos? Now, if you're familiar with the empowered eating model, we overlap values, biofeedback, and nutrition science, which is great for adults. It's great for people with a prefrontal cortex, <laughs> but for my kids who aren't there yet, we need to modify it. So First and foremost, like they don't have their core set of values. Sure, they're coming into their own identity, but they don't have a very clear direction of who they are yet. They're growing, they're learning. So that's my role as a parent is to establish, okay, where do we hold health in our value system? And what degree are we going to 
pay attention to this and make it a priority in our lives. And a lot of that isn't something I talk directly to them about. It's actually modeled. It's in my own behaviors and my husband's behaviors and our patterns. The next part is biofeedback, which is totally something I talk to my kids about all the time. I'm like, how did that make you feel? You know, you had a great dinner. Do you feel stronger? Do you feel tired? We have that conversation often. The really cool thing about kids is they're so much more intuitive and in tune with their body than we are. So these conversations with kids are incredible. I actually think if you start having more of these biofeedback-based discussions with children under the age of 10, you are going to learn more about biofeedback than you would if you had it with an adult because they can feel everything happening in their body. And then the other part is nutrition science. Now, we do some education with my kiddos on this front, um, but a lot of times this is me telling them what their body needs. It's me passing on, hey, you know, we don't have excess Halloween candy because this is what it does in our body. So it's presenting the science in a non-threatening way to them because they don't have that background just yet. Okay, so one of the things that really helped me when I was redirecting after that camping trip and thought, okay, I got to get my stuff together. We need to go a different direction. One of the things that helped me was understanding the different parent feeding styles and where I might be showing up as one of these four categories. So there's four main ones that are in the research. And not that a parent will always fall under one specific category, but we tend to lean towards one over the other. So the four are going to be indulgent, authoritative, uninvolved, and authoritarian. All right, I'm going to break these down for you. And I want you, as I go through them, I want you to think about where you feel like you gravitate the most in your parent feeding style. So in the indulgent parent feeding style, this is the type of parent who encourages eating with very few requests. So there tends to be a very like non-directive and supportive approach to food. There's a high responsiveness. So like if kiddo comes in and says, I'm hungry, there's a reaction like, yes, okay, here's food. But there's a low demandingness on like what kind of food to be consumed. So for example, parents permit their child to like have food freedom and to eat what they want and when they want and they get to pick the foods. And this is where I was living. This is what I was doing with my boys. And again, a lot of that had to do with me coming off the coattails of my eating disorder. The next one is the uninvolved parent feeding style. This one's pretty self-explanatory. This is the type of parent feeding where parents make very few demands on their child to eat. It tends to be like lack of discipline in any food patterns. There's no schedule, structure, or routine. It's very like disorganized and chaotic eating. Then we have the authoritarian parent feeding style. This is where parents encourage eating with a directive. It's very rule-based, like we can eat this, we cannot eat this. There are high demands on what the child should eat or shouldn't eat, regardless of the child preferences. So this is very (laughs) dictator-like. So for example, in this case, this parent feeding style requires children to eat certain foods, avoid others, and they have to eat according to the rules and expectations set by the parents. And then there's consequences if they don't, or there's like, and those consequences might be, you know, actual consequences, like we take something away, or it may be more of like shame-based consequences, like how could you eat that? The last parent feeding style is the authoritative parent feeding style. This is where parents encourage eating using supportive and non-directive behavior. So it's a little bit of this combination of permission and discipline. They tend to be nurturing and have high structure. So there is a schedule. There's some 
rhythm to their eating patterns and at the same time they are responsive to the child's needs and preferences. In this case there's often a lot of praise provided to the child when they do something or they eat a food, they overcome a food challenge. There's a lot of that feedback that's provided. And there's also room for negotiation. Like if the kiddo says, I don't want that, the parent might say, like if if you put broccoli in front of a kid and they're like, well, I don't want this broccoli, the parent would then say, well, would you like me to put cheese on it or get you a different vegetable? So there's some negotiation power there. And at the same time, the parents are providing that structure and discipline. So when we look at what the research says, there's some pretty clear trends as to what these different feeding styles or parent feeding styles will produce in the kids later on. And again, these are trends. This is research. So of course, every single case is so individualized and what goes on in your home and your family or your classroom is is your story and there's a unique nature to that. So I want to honor the uniqueness of each one of your situations. And at the same time, we can observe the trends in research and take that information and apply it to our own story. So what the research found is that in terms of health outcomes and body mass index, which I'm not a huge fan of a body mass index, but when we're looking at research, it can be a helpful tool. What they found is that the indulgent, uninvolved, and authoritarian parenting style was associated with worse health outcomes and higher BMI altogether compared to the authoritative. So in other words, the parents who had that high responsiveness to their kiddos' needs, when a kid walks in and said, I'm hungry, and they reacted, they were responsive, and then at the same time provided discipline and structure those kids tended to be healthier individuals as they grew up. Then there's also some interesting research looking at the different parent feeding styles and then what kind of diet quality they have, which I this is what I found really interesting because in my head, this was the problem I was in is I had been operating as more of an indulgent parent feeding style and I was noticing that the quality of nutrition my kids were getting was not what I wanted it to be. So the research shows us that having a authoritative, so again, the parents who have the negotiation with their kids and the balance of discipline and permission, that parent feeding style had leaps and bounds higher nutrient density preferences in kids as young as preschool. So you have preschoolers who are choosing high quality, high nutrition foods. And what I thought was interesting is that this was much more common in the kiddos who had parents with the authoritative homes compared to those who had more of an authoritarian or the rule-driven dictator-like approach to food. So what I think is cool about this is my guess, and I say this because this is based on talking to many of you and what I've seen in my parents, is that most of us fall on more of like the indulgent side because we have been living in intuitive eating and we don't want to instill these gnarly food rules in our kids or we're more on the authoritarian side where we are telling our kids like, you can have this, you cannot have this. We don't have these foods in our house. And what the research shows us is that landing in the middle, the authoritative style, the, hey, I'm going to provide a snack for you. Would you like an apple or blueberries? Would you like a cheese stick or yogurt? Giving them the structure and the option is where we see kiddos start to develop their own food philosophy, their own empowered eating skills. 
And where we can tie in some of the fun foods here is, again, balancing that discipline and permission where we let them know, okay, you can have dessert, but first you have to eat dinner. Or yes, you can have Halloween candy, but we're going to limit it to this quantity. And I think that's important to say because for a long time, I felt nervous to say some of those things because I didn't want them thinking they could only have five pieces of candy. Like that's a rule, right? And I want to give some permission here that when we're raising kids or we're teaching kids how to listen to their body, we want to teach them both discipline and permission. We want to give them language for understanding both sides of that coin. And up until this point, I don't think the generations before us have had that balance. I think we've been way too heavy on the discipline side and spilled into diet culture and obsession about food and then it swung and it became way too indulgent and now we can teach them to land back in the middle I think there's no there's actually no better time to be a leader and teaching the next generation about food than now because we've seen the pendulum swing and I think we can instill these tools in our kids at a very early age now as for my kiddos over the last few years We have made some major changes and my oldest son, he definitely has some aversions to food. He's a very, very picky eater. And so we had to establish some structure. And what we did, I found that doing the off the cuff introductions to food like we did at camping was not something that was going to fly for him. So some of the structure we implemented was that every Tuesday we try a new food. He just knows it. It's new food Tuesday. And I let him know what we will be having in advance And he has the option to have the food or not have the food, but it has to sit on his plate. He has to tolerate its presence. And if he doesn't have the food, that's fine, but he doesn't get dessert to follow. And that has worked out really well for our family. Now, your family might be a little bit different. Um, Sugar is a motivator for my kiddo. And I've had to figure out a way to use that without you know, it being damaging because we definitely don't want to set him up for some issues later on there. But that's what we have found to work best is, look, dessert is something that we absolutely believe in in our family. We have it every night. But in order to have something indulgent like that and something that doesn't provide nutrition quality, we first have to provide our body with high nutrient foods. Of course, I I fluff that up in kid language, (laughs) but I'm explaining it to you here uh, how I think about it. So we lay it out like that and it's worked really, really well. And I'm so pleased to report that since implementing this structure, he has added so many new foods to his palate. I mean, he's still not eating a lot of vegetables, but we are on our way. He now has smoothies multiple times per day. I will say the transition was a little bit painful. We had lots of not understanding why he couldn't eat so freely anymore. He was angry at us, but we we stayed the course. We explained it the best we could. And over time, it has been something that has really served us well. And I'm so much more comforted by the nutrient quality my kids are getting. And, you know, I share this story with you guys because, one, I want you to know that, first of all, being a parent's really hard. (laughs) And I do this for a living. Like, I'm a dietitian. And I looked at what my kids were eating, and it was not something I felt comfortable with. I mean, they were not getting the level of nutrition that I wanted them to get. And some of that, honestly, was just because I was tired. So on the one hand, I really want to empathize with anyone out there that feels overwhelmed by this or is nervous about, you know, how they're teaching their kids about food and how they're feeding their families. I just want to say like right now, it's really hard. We're living in a world where we have to do a lot of things in a day and sometimes we're just doing the best we can. So with that being said, if there's anything you take away from today, I want to invite you to come into this authoritative 
parent feeding style and feel empowered to do that. We can do this by providing both permission and discipline in our children. So the permission to choose foods that they enjoy and eat in amounts that they find satisfying. And so that might be volumes that don't match what we have in our head. But that's one thing we do want to do is give them the autonomy to eat until satisfaction within a realistic boundary of course and at the same time we can be that layer of discipline where we provide kiddos with reliable consistent meals and snacks and we ask them to pay attention when they eat to notice their eating patterns I mean that's another thing I notice in my kids they scarf their food and eat really fast like to the point of like choking it's I'm like how are you not choking (laughs) and that's something I bring to their attention I'll say like brew row do you guys notice how fast you're eating slow down take a breath so we call attention to the style in which they're eating ask them to pay attention how does it feel in their body so that we can help them develop those self-regulating patterns okay so in short if we're taking that authoritative parent feeding style and shortening down very simplistic terms parents leaders aunts uncles we are responsible for the what when and where of feeding that is our responsibility kiddos They're responsible for the how much and whether they have this or that part of eating. I think that's something we can all wrap our heads around and gives us both the intentionality, the direction, the discipline to provide the kiddos with nutritious foods. And at the same time, we are not just swinging the pendulum back again and instilling more diet culture mentality in our kids. I am so here for that. I'm excited to teach my kids this balance, both the discipline and the permission, and I know you guys have the skills to do it. I know this because you're here learning about empowered eating, and you're doing it in your own lives, and by default, it's going to trickle out and be something your kids notice and pick up on and that they can do as well. Thank you so much for being here today. If you loved this episode, share it on social. Send me a message. I love hearing from you guys. I hope you have an awesome day. I hope you have an empowered meal with a kiddo somewhere. (laughs) Until next time, cheers and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.